Hi, if you want to find out more about one of your favorite topics of mine, coffee, then um, stay tuned. So hi, Sally. Um, Sally is from Grinders Coffee and Grinders Coffee has been around for 60 years, which I didn't even realize. And they're celebrating their 60th year this year. Is it this year, Sally? This year. Fantastic. So um, I guess you've got all sorts of special events and whatever, but how, how, how do you relaunch uh, something that's 60 years old? Yeah, well, it, fortunately, like you said, um, coffee is close to most people's hearts. So it's not, you know, terribly hard to, to bring new news to coffee, but also get people pretty engaged. Mm. Um, as you said, it's, you know, Grinders Coffee is 60 years old, which in the scheme of Australia and coffee roasters is pretty old. There's not mm. many others that have stuck around as long as Grinders has. And, and part of the reason for that is it was born on the streets of Melbourne in Ligon Street, which a lot of people would be familiar with Ligon Street being Little Italy um, back in the day and still like that. And certainly where, you know, the espresso was born. So an immigrant by the name of Giancarlo Giusti um, came over to Australia and, of course, like a few others, set up a roaster on Ligon Street. And what he quickly um, came to realise was that all himself and all the other roasters were pretty much just selling their coffee to other Italian immigrants, you know, in the small espresso format. So he had the little, I guess, entrepreneurial spirit and thought, what if I could actually sell this coffee to Australians, um, you know, and open up the market versus um, just, you know, the smaller market that was just the local um, Italian immigrants. So he named the business a non-Italian name, being Grinders Coffee, named after the large grinder in the roastery called Big Red. And, um, and even in the name, it absolutely sort of opened up the market to you know, Australians and local Australians that were there to drink the coffee. And from that point on, he also then started to think about adapting it to their tastes. So most people don't like a black coffee in Australia. We are very, very much milk-based. In fact, 95% of us um, prefer a milk-based coffee versus you go to Europe and it's pretty much the other way around. Yeah. So he was pretty clever. So he had some really good starter ideas. And I think that's what set up the business to be still so successful and now throughout Australia as it is today. Yeah, and I know um, when you travel overseas, trying to find an Australian coffee is yeah. very difficult, but it's starting to get out there and people starting to realise the benefits of non-black coffee. Because you're right, the first time you go to Rome and you see everybody standing up, but the quick three minutes standing up, quick sip of the coffee, bit of water, bang, gone. Next one, two minutes later, bang, bang, bang. It's, it's so different. That's right. Yeah, I think um, we often credit um, Giancarlo with being one of the first pioneers to actually establish Australia on the world stage for the best, you know, for having the best coffee. Mm. Um, most people would, would have thought back in the day it was the Italians or the French, et cetera, where you go for a cup of coffee. But now throughout the world, um, most people know when they come to Australia, they're gonna get pretty much the best coffee they could possibly get anywhere in the world.
And boy, are we spoiled. I have one coffee a day and I look forward to it. I have one coffee in the morning and wow, it really boosts my day. But you were talking before about milk. Okay, I have my lactose-free milk. Yeah. Actually from the cow. Um, But what about things like, and I've tried them, oat milk, so-called milk, Mm. soy, so-called milk. And I, I just tell people, well, it's not milk, it's mostly water. But they're still popular. Yeah. Look, Australians are mad for what we call alternative milks, alt milks, they call it in the trade. Um, and it's it's growing exponentially. So, and what's also interesting is each state has a little bit of a bias towards what their particular alt milk is. So, yeah, so Victorians have a strong bias for oat milk. And then New South Welsh people have a bias for almond milk. And then the Queenslanders have a bit of a bias still for soy milk, which was pretty much the original um, alt milk that came onto the scene. But you you go to any cafe now, Tony, and their entire fridge is full of, you've seen it, haven't you? Like the cardboard boxes are probably, they're about six, um, you know, different types of milk. So it's pretty hard to manage that kind of inventory, yeah. but um, yeah. that's what customers demand now. Okay, so what's your favourite coffee? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I, I'm a bit like you. I only really have one or two a day. Mind you, the average Australian drinks 2.7 a day, um, but I really peak out then. And I um, my go-to is a three-quarter almond cappuccino but I always say put in brackets but it depends on my mood so I might might want a, a full almond I might want to go up oat milk who knows I don't like being fixed on I only have one type of coffee oh that's controversial most people stick to the one that's it that's it but hey everyone's welcoming coffee whatever you like no judgment yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they are saying that, in fact, we, we are in the, I'm not saying the wrong, but they're saying now you should have three or four coffees a day is better for you, which is great for you. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's sort of periods in time where things and products or, or are almost demonised. And there was certainly a time when there was a thought that, you know, caffeine wasn't good for you. Um, you know, I'm not going to spruik any health benefits. I'm not, I'm certainly not a practitioner, but um, certainly if you do speak to a lot of health practitioners and you read a lot of academic research, there's a lot of advanced research that has a lot of positive benefits that sit behind caffeine now. Um, And, you know, there's certainly no problem with things like um, flow, you know, heart flow, oxy, you know, all those oxy antioxidants, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was pregnant and I asked um, my GP if I was allowed to drink coffee and they said to me, look, in the Middle East, the pregnant women drink nine or ten a day and everything's fine there. You have your coffee. You enjoy it. It's um, yeah. not going to do anything. So that gave yeah. me permission that it was okay as well, of course. All right. Well, when, well, plainly, we need to drink more coffee. We're letting the side down. Yeah, I know. I know. We're, we're, we're under average. Yeah. Well, and so... What are some of the other trends that you've seen um, in grinders coffee, in coffee in general? Yeah. 
Look, I think after the alternative milks, one of the, the strong ones coming from our customer base, so our cafe owners, but also consumers, is just the sustainability footprint. Um, you know, the biggest component of coffee is the coffee bean, obviously. It's where, and, and it often comes, almost entirely comes from developing nations. So, you know, we have to be very careful around where we source from to ensure that the right kind of practices are happening at source, you know, to ensure that we have certification across things like modern slavery, um, ethical um, farming practices, social impact studies as well. So there's a really high demand now to ensure that everybody is buying, you know, from farms that do, are doing the right practices. And certainly for us, we mandate that 100% of our beans are ethically sourced. Um, and fortunately, most other roasters, particularly in Australia, also have the same mandate as well. And if we don't, then, you know, cafes quite rightly say, well, I prefer to buy a bean that I know where it's come from, where it hasn't caused any kind of disharm to anything or anyone. So besides cafes, and I don't, I think it's a lot in Melbourne and Sydney. I don't see as much in cafes, but okay, if it's not in the cafe, then where can I get hold of your awesome beans? So you can get hold of our awesome beans in stacks of independent cafes around Australia. Um, but it's, it's a competitive market. We call it a fragmented market. Um, it's, there's no real one major player. So trying to hunt down your favourite roaster through a cafe isn't as easy. Um, but if you are an avid Grinders fan, we are in all the major retailers. So we've got beautiful ethically sourced beans and ground coffee and pods in Coles, Woolworths, IGAs, lots of local supermarkets as well. And you can be guaranteed you'll get the stunning, stunning ethically sourced coffee to give you a hit for the day. Yeah, I saw the pods. Do they, do they fit in the market leading machine? Oh, I see what you've done there. Yes, they do. And um, the good news is they're one of the very, very few pods that are compostable. Um, so most of the others require some form of recycling of which there is no downstream recycling plant. So they actually just do go into waste fill for about 500 years. But the grinders pods are compostable and they break down within 90 to 100 days in an industrial compostable so it's much, much more preferred. So that's one good news. But, yes, they are compatible with the market leader. Awesome. Well, there you go. So great coffee, compostable capsules, um, ethical beans. You've got it all. We've got it all. Yep. Just go and – but you better try it. I'm not even going to ask you what you're currently drinking because I feel like it might not be grinders, but that's okay. It's what – I, I like, um, no, I'm drinking Pepper and Rusty at the cafe. I think that's what they have. And um, look, I'm, I'm fairly coffee agnostic because you're right. You, you can't rely on what coffee you're going to get in whichever cafe you go to. Yeah, that's right. But the good news is, like I said, it's really hard to get a bad coffee now mm. in, in a cafe. Once upon a time, it might have been a bit hit and miss, but our standards are so high now. 
that you can't really operate as you know a coffee outlet without producing and putting out a great coffee so it's great for consumers um, because you pretty much can be sure anywhere you go that that barista knows what they're doing um, and you're going to have a great coffee. Well, we recently had a crisis here in the lower North Shore and there was no water in Lang. Oh, I know exactly where you are. Yeah. Yeah, no bloody water. Then you heard everything and I wander up the road on a Saturday morning, no coffee anywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, no. That is, that is actually, like, that is a crisis for people because yeah. you, you know what a, a punctuation mark a coffee is for your morning. Like, it really does start the day. Um, and we all can empathise with that. So I don't know how you got through that, Tony. I really feel for you. I, um, may it never happen to you again. <laughs> I end up in another part of Sydney in Wynyard somehow. And <laughs> you to drive. Somehow I ended up there. I'm going, oh my god, what am I doing? Oh, there you go. It shows the importance of coffee. All right, so yeah. look, thank you very much for your time. And grinders.com.au is that the, the website? Grinderscoffee.com.au. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time. Great to talk to you. All right. Thanks, Tony.